Welcome back to another Youth-Centered Podcast. This is the fifth in the year 2019, and I'm very excited to have uh, M.B. Chesler as our guest today. M.B., who's going to explain herself a little bit to people, the few people that may not know her, um, on who she is. But M.B. and I have, have worked uh, collaboratively for the entire te- time that I was here, um, and I've on 31 years now, and as I said to M.B. off, that uh, you know, I'm still not considered a townie, but MB really is. She kind of grew up here. So MB, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Rick. Glad to be here. And for those people that may not know you after being here many, many years, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, growing up, educator, um, family, where you are right now? Well, I grew up here in North Andover, second generation. My um, grandpa came over from Ireland and married a McAvoy. And so growing up in North Andover, I probably had five or six cousins in every class that I was in. I loved everything about growing up on Stevie's Pond and spending my summer days swimming there and playing in the playgrounds. Uh, When I was in high school, my father said, you have to be a phys ed teacher. He couldn't see me as anything else. I thought I was going to be a veterinarian, but he said, no way, you're going to be a PE teacher. And I went up to Plymouth State, majored in phys ed, played field hockey and lacrosse up there, and um, followed my older sister Pat's footsteps and became a phys ed teacher here in my hometown. And you've been, uh, I think you told me, 33 years as an educator. Uh, Can you tell our listeners a little bit about, uh, you know, the 33 years? And where were you at 30? Were you at one school the whole time, or were you at multiple schools? Well, I started out at the high school, which was a major disaster. I would have boys just tell me they were going to McDonald's and they weren't asking me, they were telling me they were going there. And uh, from there I went to the middle school and then there was a big layoff in North Andover. North Andover didn't pass an override back in 91 and the 30 youngest teachers were laid off. And at that time I was one of those. Um, So I was out of school for a year and then voters realized, oh my God, what a mistake we made. And they hired a lot of us back. I spent about 20 years at the Franklin School, and then 10 years ago made the move back to North Andover Middle School. Absolutely. Now, you are, uh, announced your retirement kind of like a uh, Larry Bird farewell <laughs> tour. Last year, you uh, said that this would be your last year, and, and you're very loved by many, many people in this town. Um, but it's coming on quick. We talked over, over Christmas time how it's coming up, and you know you literally have about five months left. Um, how do you feel as you're, you know, you're winding down this illustrious career in education and five months will go by in the blink of an eye? Um, what are your feelings as you're winding down? Very mixed feelings. I, um, I love everything about this town and I've loved my job and I, I've always been proud my whole life to say, oh, I'm from North Andover and I'm just as proud to say that I teach in North Andover and that's a big part of who I am as a person. I mean, I'm a mom as well, but I'm a teacher and it's going to be hard to not have that identity anymore as a teacher, but I am looking forward to, to new adventures. I, I would like to, you know, my, one of my first goals is to climb the 48, 4,000 plus footers in New Hampshire. Um, I'd like to be able to get back into skiing in the middle of the week, but it's sad when I think of leaving my coworkers like Kyle Wood and Michaela Blaney and Paul Tanglis, and I have so many great friendships as a result of this job that 
when times like that when I'm driving up to the school in the morning, I'm thinking, wow, I'm going to miss all this. But at 5 a.m., when I'm getting up, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, wow, I can't wait till this is over. Sure, sure. Now, you, um, as much as you've been born and bred in North Andover, not living in North Andover right now. No, I uh, raised my own family in Newburyport. I've been there the last 25 years. Newburyport's a, a great community. I, I, I love, obviously, uh, the social aspect of Newburyport. I, I've actually very close friends with the basketball coach at Newburyport. Just love the whole community. So it sounds like that was a great place to raise your, your family in Newburyport. So, but you will always be known as someone here from North Andover. And with that, um, you and I talk often about North Andover changing. Um, and again, 31 years I've been here, and I still don't think I'm considered a townie. What would you think the, some of the biggest changes, um, obviously the town's grown, but what's the biggest changes over the last 33 years of your teaching? Well, Rick, I, the big change is that I see North Andover really as two towns. It's a town where you have kids who have a lot, not just money and affluence, but also a lot of parental support. And then you have the other part of town where there's a great deal of poverty. A lot of kids come to school hungry, come to school less prepared than their classmates, And that wasn't really the case 30 years ago. 30 years ago, it was more of a middle-class town where some people had more than others, but not the the disparity that there is today. So that, that to me, is the biggest change in this town. Yeah, I would definitely agree. As the person running the youth center, I see that, right? Um, We have close to 100 kids on full scholarship here every year. Um, we deal with a lot of the same situations of kids hungry here, and we're trying to obviously deal with that. Um, but it is big in terms of, you know, when I first came here, there was probably about 20,000. It would be considered a blue, blue-collar, middle-class, hard-working people. Um, and then it changed a lot, obviously, with the growth, a lot of the new development. We have such a disparity right now in terms of uh, economics, and uh, it's something we continue to work with on that. In 33 years, what are, what are some of the, the most rewarding things about being a teacher here in North Andover? To really see families, you know, now I have kids of kids that I've had, and I, and I love that. I love to see things going full circle. I work with so many teachers now who I had as students. I mentioned Paul Tanglis earlier. I had Paul and his two younger brothers in the elementary level, and they were just the sweetest boys, and to see them grow up as athletes and students through North Andover High School and now a teacher and coach, mm-hmm. that to me is so rewarding because there's not many jobs where you get to see things go full circle, and, and I have. I've seen kids go from being six years old to being 26, 36 years old. So that, that's a pretty amazing thing in this career to be able to see that. Yeah, it definitely is. And I'm, I'm in the same category as you, uh, running the youth center now. I'm in second generation uh, with kids. And you mentioned Paul Tanglis. I mean, he grew up in my program along with Kevin and Michael, um, his brothers. And uh, to see them now as, you know, mid-30-year-old <laughs> teachers and educators, uh, it is kind of really special. So to see the growth in the kids is amazing. How, how has PE in general, PE, you know, physical education, how has that changed over the 30 years? It really has changed in the fact that we really need to offer a, a wide variety. Um, we have so many kids that come now that, you know, they're maybe in sixth grade, they're already on three travel teams, club teams, and 
And we try to make our class an equalizer. We try to add um, programs that maybe kids have not done outside of school so that we don't have kids who already feel like they're dis, you know, at a disadvantage. So we've really brought in a lot of different type of games from different countries um, to add to our program. Where before, you know, when I first started teaching, we really stuck to the real traditional sports because a lot of kids, that's the only time they got to play those things. But now, like I said earlier, so many kids are, you know, we have kids coming in who have already played, you know, four or five years of club lacrosse mm. or club soccer that, we don't we don't teach those anymore in our school right i mean it's it's definitely a lot of the more the non-traditional i know i came down to see you a couple weeks ago and you guys had all some some different nets set up for different type of programs and you know when i first started here everybody was either playing football basketball baseball soccer was actually just starting um and now it's the point where we have tons of different offerings and i think PE, I'll be honest with you, and watching you guys over the years, uh, it's a lot more fun than when I was in high school taking PE or middle school taking PE. So you guys have really been innovative in bringing games. And, and then the whole, um, you mentioned Michaela Blaney, who's obviously one of our former kids here too. Uh, and she does a lot of the wellness stuff. So how much is it, it with it, uh, PE in terms of the wellness piece also? Well, we're one big team. There's five of us in the team. We have the health teacher. She's brand new, um, Danielle Riley. Um, then myself and Kyle are in the gymnasium. Michaela and Matt Abel are in the wellness room. And they do um, more classroom-type activities on things like bullying, goal-setting, things like that with a little bit of fitness component. And myself and Matt, we actually started that program a few years ago when we tried to end study halls at the middle school, we had so many kids sitting in a study hall. And so we added that new related arts at the time called fitness. And that has grown into more of a fitness slash wellness, even a little bit of health in there. Nice. Um, now, our good friend, Doc Atwood, our local veterinarian who lives next door to us, was probably very happy that you went into physical education <laughs> and not veterinary science. Um, but you were also big into sports, uh, played, as you said, played field hockey at, at Plymouth State. Um, you've been involved with our athletic department. So as you're winding down, I've, I've been actually working with you uh, with the Christmas tournament uh, as you, I would say, uh, North Andover event organizer for some of our sports things. I see you at the boys and girls basketball as kind of like a site coordinator. But you also coached um, at various times during your career. What was all that like? Well, I, I actually started out as the field hockey and track coach years and years ago. Um, in playing field hockey, I found I didn't really like coaching it as much as playing. Um, so I got into officiating because officiating sports to me is the closest you get to being on a field again. Sure. Even though you can't play, you are, you are still part of that game. You're the third factor in a game. So I got into uh, officiating field hockey and lacrosse, and I plan on continuing doing that once I retire from teaching. I have coached the last three years one a selfish reason because it does help my pension sure. but two I had some nasty injuries the last couple of years and wasn't able to officiate so I got back into freshman and field hockey and lacrosse there's nothing like coaching freshman sports it's how so because for at least for freshmen it's their first introduction to high school 
it gives them a little leg up on everybody else. They get to already know some of the older kids. We let them, you know, take them on a tour of the school. We have them get their schedule a little bit earlier so they know where their classes are, where their locker's going to be. So it gives them a set of people to look up to, kind of a little safety net to help them out if they look lost in the hallway. And the emphasis really isn't on wins and losses. It's really on building a, I see it as building a sisterhood with kids that maybe you never would have been with before. And I work, Meredith Pryor, um, the head lacrosse coach, she she runs such a great program. I'm so happy to be a part of that because she builds it from the bottom up. And um, it's just been a, a great experience for me to be back on a school bus with a bunch of kids singing. Mm. And um, as far as the events and being a site coordinator, I that's maybe one of my only regrets in my career is I guess I should have gone for an athletic director job at one point because I love it. You get to be part of athletics. You get to be part of North Andover athletics. And I love that. I have so much pride in that. So uh, that's been a really fun thing the last couple of years. I mean, obviously as a coach, as an official to different sports and now winding down as an event organizer, I I, I have to be honest with you, not just because you're a – at this podcast with me, but I, I think you're really what's good about event organizing. I, I'm around high school gyms and high school events an awful lot, and I'm troubled at times with how that people don't take a lot of passion into putting on an event for the high school or, or for any kind of a sport, and, and you've done a great job. I mean, you're, you're always working, running around, making sure everything's done well. I know that you know, officials, I know people at the scorer's table, I know people working the grandstand, the ticket booth, they all appreciate your passion for that. And um, obviously you're winding down, but I think you would have been a terrific athletic director. And <laughs> But you. though at this point in our life, we always look back and say, well, maybe I would have done that or whatever, but I'm, I'm sure you would have been really good. I'm hoping that um, even though you're going to be retired, that you'll still be involved to a certain degree with some event organizing here in North Andover. Keep, keep in touch with North Andover, so to speak. Over the 33 years, um, we talk about some of the career highs and lows. Um, for me, uh, personally, one of the real lows for me was when we we lost two seventh graders, middle school kids, to uh, suicide, and there was a concern with the community that we have uh, an issue with even more kids con- contemplating it. And then, obviously, the highs, some of the things we talked about, seeing kids become just great adults and and obviously building this youth center for me is a huge high, et cetera. What were some of the highs and lows for you over the career? I'll say, I think I spoke with you back in the fall about a, a real low that happened to myself and um, my colleague last year. We we had a parent file a neglect charge against us for an injury that may or may not have happened in the gym. And it really came out of nowhere and to be put in that position and really not have much, not be really able to defend ourselves from the get-go. I mean, there was never even so much of as, as a phone call. The first that we heard was that the state was investigating us. And that that really shook me to the core. Um, sure. Not just for myself, but for my colleague as well. Um, that to me was the low because, you know, as a teacher and somebody who just loves what I do, I always have tried to put children first and safety first. So that that really hit me very, very hard. Um, as far as highs, like I said before, I, I just love to see kids that I've had before. 
you know, I see kids like Asia Valdez. She's great. I, you know, I am so happy to see what she's doing. And I know she's going to be so awesome. I can just see her in the future, you know, maybe even doing stuff like I do. I know that she's more like the social worker type or adjustment counselor type, but I can just see her making such a difference. And I, and I love that. Those are the highs, seeing kids who maybe sometimes doubted themselves, you know, reach what they've been searching for. It's great that you mentioned Asia. Obviously, you know how much Asia, I mean, how much I personally love and the Youth Center loves Asia. Um, But she's also a perfect example that, you know, you were a big part of her during middle school. Steve Nugent was a big part of her during high school, obviously the youth center over the years. Um, you would, you know what I mean on this. To see Asia as a junior in college right now compared to what Asia was as a middle school student, it's, and it brings tears to my eyes That's about great. how how amazing she is as a young woman, um, how thankful she is for this community, not giving up on her and believing in her. And um, she loves that whenever we tweet anything about Asia the first person <laughs> to retweet it is MV Cheslis and Steve Nugent so um, obviously those are the highs as as I start to wind down my career I mean those are the things that I look at the most too we do live in a different age um, than we have in the past and you know I'm sorry to hear what obviously happened to you last year um, we need to keep fighting the battle for the kids that we we work for and and then when you when you talk about someone like Asia it makes it all worthwhile yeah, on it certainly things. does um, what does, um, what is the next chapter of your like? You mentioned about a little week, weekday skiing, uh, maybe getting involved in some other things. Do you have other areas that you want to take a look on? And I don't look at retirement as retirement, so to speak, uh, more the next chapter of your life. What's it going to take for you? What are you going to do? Well, I'm not going to jump head first into anything. Um, the biggest thing other than I, I said earlier, I'd really like to get back into hiking and skiing, but, my son was adopted at six months old from South Korea. He, is, he came home to his dad and I, and we'd really like to go to South Korea for a nice extended trip. And perhaps um, by this time, he probably has a brother or a sister. Um, and we'd like to, to find them and to meet up with his foster parents, who we do have pictures from them, as well as gifts that they had sent to him as an infant. And I'd really like to bring him there because... A lot of people think, you know, he came here as six months and what would he know about Korea? But it's a big part of him and he really needs to have that peace in his life. So I'm looking forward to him and I heading over there and and seeing his homeland. That is so awesome. I mean, that will be great for obviously for him, but also be great for you, too. So, yeah. So I'm sure you'll have a lot of things. I, I don't see M.B. Chesla sitting in the recliner reading books every day. I think you will be. I do like to read. I'm sure you do, but you'll find time to do that. But obviously, you're still going to be active. Let's let's turn this a little bit. Um, as you're going out the door, um, you know, you work with some great people. I love Kyle. love Michaela. Um, what do you say to maybe that new teacher, uh, the one that's graduated college that's going to be joining our profession in the next year or two? What, what would be a little advice you give to that first-year gym teacher? I would tell them to get as involved in your school and your community as you possibly can. Go see kids' games. Go to the school plays. Go to the school concerts. Get out and see the students outside of your classroom because that really allows you to see that kid. It, you know, maybe that 
boy that's a real pain in the neck in your class and doesn't sit down and is always talking and fooling around, you know, you might go to the school play and see that kid has one heck of a voice or you see that that girl on the lacrosse field is the ultimate teammate, the ultimate leader. It, it really makes it so much more fulfilling for you and for your students when they see you outside of school taking taking you know the time to get to know them and get to see what they do and become a club advisor, become a coach. Um, it teaches the teacher so much more about their students when they take on roles like that. Absolutely. Um, with five months, and I have said to you a number of times, going to go a blink of an eye, what are you hoping to accomplish in your last five, five months? Because you're not someone that's just going to kind of go through the motions here. What's the next five months going to be like down to middle school for you? Well, we got a lot of activities coming up. We always have our, um, for the last few years, we've had our student faculty celebrity, which I hope I'm extending an invitation to you this year. I, last year, I... I think I forgot to extend my invitation to you. And oh, I, I thought it was just that you guys didn't think I had any game anymore. But uh, yeah, I would be happy. That's always a great event down to middle school. So that's coming up. We're going to add some extra things. Last year, we got the um, high school dance team to come down. And that was great for a lot of our girls who maybe aren't into sports. And, um, you know, a lot of our girls from that lived down at Woodridge and um, saw a lot of their neighbors on that dance team. So that they they were so excited about that. So I'm hoping to get some of those groups to come and perform during the games because it's three games that we have. Sure. Um, and just looking to maybe add some extra little events throughout the year. That's how Kyle and I work. We get talking about things and we'll say, you know, if we have a big snow. So we've been waiting for years to do a, a winter carnival. That'd be great. Um, and, you know, a few years ago when we did have all that snow, I was out having my knee replaced. So we weren't able to do that. And, um, you know, we've loved the fact that you've let us use the pond. Sure. That was a great addition to our program. And so we'd like to do some stuff this spring because we're not going to be able to use our fields um, because Correct. of that awesome construction that's going to be happening. So we're hopefully going to get them out in the community and playing games, different spots around town. That's great. Um, I don't want you to think my next question is referring to you as a senior citizen, <laughs> uh, but I, I... I'm only 59. <laughs> I basically have gotten uh, kind of working with senior citizens in the past, and one of my things I'm trying to understand from them is just we need to learn from, from people that have been before us, and, you know, I, I love talking to a senior citizen who's in our walking club down here about life and things like that. So with that said, and you're not a senior citizen, but <laughs> what kind of message, what do you want to say to our parents or our kids or even your peers as you wind down? I mean, this is like almost like a final word. What, is, what does MV want to say to these folks? Be good to each other. Listen to people's stories. Hear about where they're from. Learn to know what, what they have come from, what battles maybe they've had. I, you know, I that's one of the things about being a teacher. Sometimes you look at a kid and you think, wow, they have the whole package. Great home, nice parents, you know, all sorts of stuff. And then you start to peel away and you see, oh, they have this in their life or this is happening in their life. And don't judge each other so quickly. Get Get to know each other's stories. Yeah, I mean, that's great advice. Um, I post a, um, a statement probably once a week. Maybe people are getting sick of hearing it. But <laughs> no. um, one of the things is I, I just don't think we all know what people are really dealing with on a day-to-day on -day basis. I think that we all put 
faces on at times. And I just don't think that people know every issue people are dealing with. And in that case, be kind. And I think that's what I'm hearing you say that, you know, get to know people, get to know the stories. I'm big on not judging it by a book at its cover. And, you know, as, as someone that's been in education, someone that's working with you in education, I, I sometimes get worried when we kind of you know, pigeonhole a kid that he's, he's this way. When, when my take is kids are kids, kids make mistakes. Um, kids need to learn from mistakes. They need to grow from mistakes. They need to learn and we need to help them do that. So I think in a lot of ways, we just got to slow down a little bit and, and be kind and try to understand people's stories. So, um, give the, I will give you the final word. Any last things you'd like to say before we wrap up the podcast? I would just like to thank the town of North Andover for, one, giving me a great childhood. Two, for no matter, even though this town can be cheap at times, as far as, you know, we're the lowest, one of the lowest schools per pupil spending. When time is, times are rough or a family's facing adversity, this town has always come together for people, come together for events to support one another. And, and I love that. And that's why I always, even though my own family are Clippers in Newburyport, I, I'll forever just be a Scarlet Knight. Yeah, and it is um, it is something amazing about our time. I, I talk about it a lot because we're involved with, obviously, our Thanksgiving drive, our Christmas drive. Every time there's an issue with a kid, we, we rally around as a community, and it's really easy to get people involved when they know it's for the kids and they're for the community. Um, and I agree with you. There are times we'd like to see a little more spending on certain things, but overall, this is a town that really, as we say, NA takes care of NA, and it's really true on that. So I want to thank you, um, MB, for coming on our podcast. And obviously, we love you here at the Youth Center, and I know this community loves you. We wish you the best of luck. First of all, enjoy those last five months, thank every you. minute, every minute of it, and then uh, obviously enjoy the next chapter of your life. And don't be a stranger at the Youth Center here in North Anda. Would love to have you be around and check in with us. Thank you, Rick. And I always say you're the best hire North Andover has ever made, and I'll always stick by that. Well, thank you very much, MB. Um, I do want to announce that our next podcast is going to be an interesting one. We're bringing in a three-sport athlete, Jake McElroy, and we're bringing in his father. I'm not sure Jake wanted us to bring the father in, but um, we're actually going to talk a little bit about a debate that you know has been a debate for years and years and years, and that's specialization versus multi-sports. And I think Jake's a good person to talk to in terms of he's been very successful in all three sports, which is very tough to do. So I'm going to pick his brain on what that's all about. And then um, obviously John is going to chime in with a little bit of the parent perspective on that. So we're excited about that next podcast. So once again, thank you to MB Chesler. And as we finish every podcast, we always say too much passion is not enough passion.